0: If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. Thanks so much for being with us this weekend, and if you're new or relatively new, we have a gift to thank you for being with us. Simply text the word WELCOME to 410, I'm sorry, 888 that was the old number, 888 text that word WELCOME, and we'll send you that gift. We are in the second week of our series on the life of Elijah. We're calling it Emblazoned, and last week we talked about how the book of James says about Elijah... He was a man just like us, a human being just like us. And we said that was an amazing statement because of all the amazing things Elijah did. He, he prayed and the rain stopped. And then three and a half years later, he prayed and the rain came again. He raised a young man from the dead. He called down fire from heaven and then was taken up to heaven in a fiery chariot. And yet, Elijah was a human being just like us. He did these amazing things, and maybe some of these amazing things, incredible things God could do through us as well if we learn to imitate Elijah, who lived this life of prayerful obedience. That's what made Elijah so effective in his life, so successful, and why he has a legacy some 2,800 years after he lived. And so we're trying to learn from Elijah his prayerful obedience. And by prayerful obedience, we simply said it's just listening to God and God speaking to us and putting into practice what we discover in prayer. We talked a little bit last week about how we can hear from God. It begins simply by being open to wanting to hear from God. And then often we, we can know we heard from God if multiple people we trust say the same thing to us we, uh, when we hear from God, it often feels like an impression, or I describe it as a wave coming upon us. We know there's a voice coming to us and speaking to us that's outside of us. Sometimes it's a big wave, sometimes it's a little wave. And then ultimately, we know we can hear, we've heard from God by reading the scripture, that the Bible is the word of God in his very own words. And we are hearing from God when we read the Bible, but then also God will remind us of verses or passages we've read as we lived our lives. So that is prayerful obedience. So last week we talked about out of prayerful obedience, Elijah went and he, and he confronted King Ahab and Jezebel, his queen, because they were leading the people astray. They were leading people into Baal worship. And then after Elijah confronts them, God tells Elijah, I want you to go to the Wadi Cherith, so a town called Cherith, A place called Cherith, there's a wadi or a brook there, and there I'll provide for you. There'll be water and I will feed you by the ravens. Now why is that? Well, because God's a ravens fan, of course. (laughs) Actually, he's an Eagles fan first and a Ravens fan second, because there's more mention of the Eagles in Scripture than the Ravens, and Scripture says that God's close to the brokenhearted, and who's more brokenhearted than us Eagles fans? So (laughs) Eagles fan first, but Ravens fan second. Okay, that's that's God's You know, or maybe I'm mixing up God and myself. But anyway, um, so anyway, I I think God just has a sense of humor. I think God's got character. That's why He says the ravens will feed Him. So that's where Elijah is. That's where we are in the story of Elijah, and we're going to pick up that story in just a moment. But for us to get the most out of our time together, for you to get the most out of our time together, I want to encourage you to think about what your needs are right now, or where you need God to provide. Because We're going to talk about how God continues to provide for Elijah because God is a heavenly father and it's in his nature to provide for us. So where do you need, to God, for, do you need God to provide for you right now? Uh, maybe it's some money. I mean, inflation is up. I mean, gas prices have come down a little bit, still pretty high, and food is up. Gosh, I was at the grocery store yesterday. I was marveling at some of the prices. So maybe you're just struggling to meet your budget. Or you have some needs for your family that you just needs a little bit more money to upgrade some things. Maybe for you, it's your business. You're trying to hire the right person and then you're struggling to find that, that person. Or maybe you're looking for a job and struggling to find the right job and you, you gotta provide that. Maybe you need God to provide some more emotional energy. You're a parent with young kids or teenagers, and it's, it's just exhausting trying to parent them right now for you. Or you're a teenager, and you're just exhausted by your parents, and you need more emotional energy for that. Maybe you're looking for that special someone to spend the rest of your life with, and you want God to provide that. Maybe you're in need of a creative idea that you have a project coming up and you have no idea how to tackle it or a problem at work and you're like, God, I, I need a creative idea right now. Or maybe you need a sense of meaning or purpose for God to provide that. You're not sure, you know, of your sense of purpose right now. Or maybe you need all of the above or some of the above. But whatever it is, to get the most out of our time, begin thinking about how you would like God to provide for you in this season. All right, so back to Elijah. Elijah goes to this place called Cherith, and there's a wadi, and he's being provided for by God there, and the ravens are feeding him, but then a problem occurs. After some time, however, the wadi ran dry because no rain had fallen in the land. All right, so this is just the nature of life. Things work until they don't, right? The, the wadi is uh, giving him water. The ravens are feeding him, and then all of a sudden... It runs dry. Things work until they don't. It's a brilliant observation, isn't it? Um, but it's, it's an obvious statement, but I think sometimes we forget that. And I say it's brilliant because it wasn't mine. I got it from David Sean, who's from Saddleback Church. But Things are working, and then they stop working. You know, at a certain point, you you had a job that was very satisfying, then it's not satisfying anymore, or you had a vendor who got things done for you, and then they're not getting it done. You know, just things work until they don't, and when that happens, we can get angry, and we get annoyed, we can get mad at God, we can get mad at others, or we can get mad at ourselves. That's my personal favorite. Or we can do what Elijah did. Elijah turned, and he asked God what he should do, and this is what we find out. So the word of the Lord came to him. Arise, go to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow to feed you. All right, so this was strange advice from God, a strange counsel from God, almost as strange as saying that he'd be fed by ravens. Why is that? Well, he says to go to Zarephath of Sidon. If you remember last week, we said that Jezebel, the queen who Elijah stood up to, she was a Sidonian in other words, she's from Sidon. God tells Elijah to go into enemy territory, and that's where he'll be provided for. And by the way, Sidon, Serapheth of Sidon, was not like around the corner. It was a hundred mile walk, hundred miles. So Elijah's got to walk over five or six days to get to this place. And then he says, a widow is going to feed you. I've commanded a widow to take care of you. And that didn't make any sense. Widows in that day didn't have money. Women, unfortunately, only had financial resources through a man, which would have been their their father or their husband. And so this widow is going to be poor. She's not going to have many resources. But Elijah listens to God. We're told, he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he arrived at the entrance of the city, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called out to her, please bring me a small cup full of water to drink. So the widow, this woman is gathering some sticks. Why is she doing that? She's gathering sticks for fuel. So again, further indication, she doesn't have any money. She doesn't have fuel at home. She needs to go out and and get uh, fuel for herself to cook her dinner. So she's gathering sticks there. She says, "Give give me a cup of water to drink. Elijah's testing her to see if this is the woman God has provided. She left to get it. And he called out after her, oh, and please bring me a small crust of bread, a crustful of bread, so just give me a little bit of food. She said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. There's only a handful of flour in my jar and a little bit of oil in my jug. She says, I don't have that much. I have a handful of flour, a little bit of oil. And she says, just now, I was collecting a few sticks, because I, ha- I don't need that much fire, to go in and prepare something for myself and my son, and when we have eaten it, we shall die. The economics are so bad, this woman has so little food, that she doesn't see a way forward. Her pl- and it, you know Her plan is just to make the little bit of food she has left for her and her son, and then she's going to die. That's her plan. And as she, the text doesn't say this, but we can imagine. I mean, there had to be some emotion when she said this. I mean, we can see maybe her lips started to quiver or, you know, her, her, her voice quivered and, and her, her tears in her eyes. Because, I mean, it's, it's one thing to know you're going to die, but to know your son's going to die because you don't have enough food to feed him. And so maybe at this point, Elijah's like, God, why did you send me here? But actually we know elijah has some faith at this point his faith had been built up when he was at the wadi cherith that god had built his faith he knew god was trustworthy so instead he says to the woman do not be afraid do not be afraid 365 times in the scripture the scriptures tell us fear not or do not be afraid but when we are low in our provision, when we're low in resources, when we don't see how we're possibly going to have enough for the future, it's so easy to get afraid, isn't it? And, and then in our fear, we can make some bad choices and poor decisions. Right, we, you, you know, some people you know, go into a ton, a ton of debt, right? Up to their eyeballs, a boatload of debt that becomes oppressive because out of fear, they'll have enough and they don't have know of any other way. We can become controlling of other people. Out of fear, we'll lose them or they'll they'll leave us. And so fear can lead us to be controlling of others. We can get greedy or selfish or self-centered when fear drives our behavior. Fear is not your friend. Fear, as Jesus would say, is useless. It can become a tool of the enemy. I read this quote recently. Fear is a tool of the enemy to keep you from the freedom and the fullness of God. Fear makes it too much about us. When we're afraid, we get our eyes on ourselves and make it about our abilities, our resources, our 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 capacity, our competency. Fear drives drives us into thinking we're all alone and on our own to meet our needs. But that's just not true. So Elijah says to this woman, fear not. You can choose fear, or there's another option. He says this. Go and do as you have said, but first make a little cake and bring it to me. Afterwards, you can prepare something for yourself and your son. For the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour shall not go empty, nor the jug of oil run dry until the day when the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Elijah says, Do not choose fear. Choose faith. Choose to trust. But as the book of James says, faith without works is dead. To choose faith and to choose trust isn't just passive. We often have to do something. And so he gives her something to do. He says, Release a little bit of the food you have, give some to me first. Then you'll have enough. It's counterintuitive. But when we're lacking in resources, when we don't have enough of something, the act of faith and trust in God is to release a little bit first. You don't have enough money, release a little bit. Release, give it away to someone who has less than you. You, you, don't, you don't have enough emotional energy, Give a little bit, of, your, you know, a little bit of, of that energy to listen to someone else who has a need or a problem right now. You, you don't have enough time, give a little bit away to serve someone else. And that way we're putting faith and trust in God. As, as Rick Warren likes to say, if you have a need, plant a seed. Or we give a little bit away first. But, so this is what Elijah tells the widow of Zarephath. Now, think about how she received this, right? I mean, we, we have a little bit of distance for some 2,800 years after she lived. But on one hand, though, we could associate that that must have felt so risky. I mean, give away the little bit I have. I only have a little bit of left. And, Elijah, you just come walking into town, and you're saying to release a little bit of food for you, to you first, and, and, and give away the little I have. Are, are, you, are you kidding But we also have some objectivity to say, was there really much of a choice? I mean, her plan was already not going to work out for her, right? Her her plan was not already not working. Her plan was to go and to die. That's the plan. We might say to her, hey, look, widow, (laughs) at least this way, there's a possibility it's going to work out. I mean, your plan, there's, it's a dead end. This plan, you release a little bit, and you got a shot. At least there's a chance you and your, your son live. And that must have been her thinking, because we're told. She left and did as Elijah had said, and she had enough to eat for a long time he and she and her household. The jar of flour did not go empty and the jug of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord spoken through Elijah. God spoke through Elijah. And this woman who starts out saying, the Lord, your God, now comes to know the Lord as her God. And she's fed and she's taken care of both the widow, her son, and Elijah. Elijah. What I love about this passage is that God brings two people together and meets both their needs, right? Elijah had a lot of faith. He had a ton of faith. He had built up his faith at the Wadi Cherith. He saw that God could be trusted. He had a lot of faith. The widow had a little bit of food. A lot of faith and a little bit of food come together, and Elijah and the widow and her son provided for. God is a provider. He's a heavenly father and he loves to provide for your needs. And he never tells you to go do something or gives you a vision without giving the provision. Here, here's, here's a truth we just need to remember. Wherever God gives a vision, he also gives provision. Wherever God gives a vision, he also gives provisions. You know how I know that? Cause I'm a father of eight kids and I work at a church. And I see how God gave me a vision to, and my wife as well to have a big family and he's given me a vision to work at a church and I've seen God's faithfulness provide over and over again. I know that this is true because I look at this church and this building and at one point this was a vision to try to reach more people in our community and God provided the resources to our communities. We came together and built this new church. Wherever God gives you a vision, he will give you a provision. But the point The ultimate goal is not the provision itself. God's ultimate goal is that you'll know his heart, his plan, his love for you. So back to you. Where do you have a need right now? Where where do you have a need right now that you want to ask God to help you with it? And, and, and maybe let's, the sooner we can invite God into our needs, the better. Sometimes I think we get to the end of ourselves and then we ask God to help us. Why don't we just from the very beginning say, God, you are a provider. You are my heavenly father. You long to provide for me. You love to provide for me. How do you want to provide for me? And we're, we're going to pray in a second for that, but maybe this week in your prayer time, as you look at that need you have for provision, you would invite your heavenly father into that conversation to provide for you and see how he wants to provide. And maybe God's going to connect you with someone else. They have a need. They have a little bit of something, and you have a lot of something, and then God wants to connect you to. Or you have a a little bit, and they have a lot, and God wants to connect you to. Maybe God's going to connect you with some relationship. So would you pray for that this week? Just every day for a few moments until God provides. And then also as we're praying, we want to be praying, God, what do you want me to release? Again, as we open up our hands and we surrender the little bit that we have, or the lot we have, as we surrender that, we open up our hands for God to fill us even more. God is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He's your heavenly father, and it's in the nature of fathers to provide for his sons and daughters. He wants to provide so you know his heart, his love, his plan. For your life, so we're going to pray right now, and and maybe you want to do is open up your hands. All right, if you got, if you got, you know, and I wouldn't do this if someone told me to, but push yourself out a little bit. We're going to open up our hands and we're going to pray. So let's pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the story from Elijah, God. We thank you that you brought Elijah and the widow of Zarephath together to meet both their needs, provide for both of them, God. We have many needs and we have many wants, but we know you are our Heavenly Father. And so, God, we open up our hands to say, God, we want to be led by you for you to provide us, provide for us in our needs. We open up our hands, we open up our hearts for you to lead us and to guide us. And God, help us to know what is the little bit you want us to release so that we might see your provision in our lives and know, again, your love for us, Father, and that you are a Father who shows us his plans for our lives. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen.